0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. This is the Broncos Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Broncos Wire editor, John Heath.
1: All right, welcome into the show. It's draft week. We're coming at you on a Monday, recording before the event. We've all been waiting for It's felt like... Six months, John, preparing for this thing for the last you know four weeks. Uh, I, I just can't wait for this thing to finally happen. And on the board for us, I think, is one more quarterback chat, right? Like a month ago, the 49ers moved up. They paid that huge monster price to move from number 12 to number three. Mac Jones was the guy, right? He was the big favorite. He was going to go to the Niners in that spot. And now it appears that the Niners are going to pick anyone but Mac Jones. It feels like Trey Lance might be their guy, which means... Justin Fields might start slipping and we can open up that conversation again. Right. I mean, way back when, I think it was a few weeks ago, I opened up my sports betting app, John, and I told you that Justin Fields is the favorite to go at number nine. And uh, we kind of said, really, would that really happen? I don't know. What, would it, would it really happen? Would he really make it past the 49ers? It's starting to feel like that might be a thing. He might actually slip through the Niners and then who knows.
2: Yeah, it's definitely looking like the 49ers aren't going fields. I still question if he would get all the way down to nine. I don't know if it's Mac Jones or Trey Lance, but as you mentioned, it sure seems like it's not Justin Fields, and that's so interesting. Like You talked about the odds about Justin Fields a couple weeks ago. Just last week, like over the weekend, on BetMGM, the Broncos were the favorites for Trey Lance. And now after all the buzz about Trey Lance at number three has come out, the Broncos have dropped down. I think they're like third in the odds for Trey Lance, and the 49ers are the favorites to pick him. So it's it's really feeling like Justin Fields to the 49ers is not a threat to the Broncos, but I'm still not so sure that he would get down to number nine. And, and even though, like, USA Today uh, Sports Network, they did a mock draft, and Trey Lance fell to them at number nine, and in the NFL Wire mock draft, I picked for the Broncos, and Justin Fields fell to them at number nine, and I picked Fields for them. And in both those scenarios though, no trades were allowed in the mock and like in a mock draft, that's great. But in reality, I just, I can't picture like somebody like the Patriots or another quarterback needy team. Like if either Lance or Fields, either one of them, if they fall like past the Falcons at number four, or maybe even to the Falcons at number four, if they think the Falcons or somebody else may go get him, I just feel like teams are going to be itching to move up to go get that quarterback and I, I'm not convinced that George Payton will get into a bidding war, especially if it's his number two choice. I, I don't know. Fields may be their number one choice, obviously after Lawrence and Zach Wilson. But George Payton, he has said that like they're not going to force a move for a quarterback. They're not going to overpay for a quarterback. And just stuff along those lines. And when he talks like that, it makes me think that they're more okay sticking with Drew Locke for a year than trading a bunch of picks to go get their second option, especially if there's like a bidding war form. So I don't know. I could be wrong. We could see them trade up form for a quarterback or like in these mock drafts, maybe one of them will fall to nine. It would be it would surprise me. But it, it certainly seems like it's a possibility. We're, we're going to find out soon. All the speculation will be yeah. over soon, which uh, is so welcome.
1: I was going to say, John, I mean, every single one of us are going to be wrong, right? We've all been talking about this for months, and we're going to be wrong. Something's going to happen on Thursday that we're going to be like, huh, okay, that's how it happened. We're still in this world of mock drafts, and uh, you finally posted your Broncos mock, uh, John, your own mock draft. You wait for the week of the draft. I like that. you got to build that excitement, right? And uh, we've been talking ad nauseum about... Would the Broncos move up to get a Trey Lance? Would they move up to get a Justin Fields? Would they enter that bidding war as you were just talking about? Or would they just accept, maybe they would let people have a bidding war over pick number nine, right, and let that thing come. Let the Bears, let the Patriots, let whoever, or the Washington football team, let them offer the Hall of picks to the Broncos to move back and still get a really good guy. So you kind of went on this different scenario of trading back, and you targeted a linebacker from Notre Dame. Um, no it wasn't Penn State's Micah Parsons good for you John you moved back and got I'm going to try to pronounce his name now Notre Dame linebacker Jeremiah Oh Russo what do you think about this scenario trading back and that player
2: yeah to me it's like the, assuming they don't trade up for a quarterback. Like we just talked about that. That's a possibility, we can't rule it out. But if it doesn't happen, to me the best value is move down to like the middle or late maybe 17, 18, maybe even 20 range of the first round and you're going to get uh maybe a second round pick or a future first round pick. Like you're going to get some real nice value for the future or even this year like maybe get an extra second round pick this year and like a third next or whatever it may be. Like if you can add value like that and still come away with the guy that it is, he's at least the second best linebacker in this year's class. Some people have him ranked even above Micah Parsons. So if you can build for the future and still get an instant impact linebacker this year, to me, that value is very intriguing. And I just like him a lot because I think he's very good in coverage, he's very versatile and they haven't had a cover linebacker, a good one, in a very long time. And, like, when you play in the AFC West and you face Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, and for a couple of years the Chargers had Hunter Henry, he's gone now, but they had him for a while. Like, the Broncos played really good tight ends, and they played really good receiving running backs. And so you got to have a linebacker that can stick with them, and the Broncos really haven't. So if they can get somebody like this, I would really like that a lot.
1: Yeah, it makes sense in, like, who's going to be available at number nine when the Broncos get on the clock, right? Yeah, Micah Parsons. But a lot of offensive players, right? Jalen Waddell might be there or Devontae Smith or, you know, there's going to be a lot of off- – maybe one of these quarterbacks, Mac Jones. that That's who's going to be on the top of the draft board. And I just feel like the conversation for moving back is a real one, John, right? I, we've been talking a lot about, you know, maybe wishful thinking, them moving up to get the guy to get the next quarterback. But I'm start, as the draft gets closer, I'm starting to think, like, based on who's going to be available, one of these stud wide receivers. I mean, the Broncos have already picked their wide receivers. They've they drafted Noah Fant. They've drafted all these guys. They've got the weapons on offense, I feel like. So it feels like, yeah, defense in the first round makes some sense. And there could be a lot of value in moving back. I, I don't know why. As, as the draft gets closer, I'm starting to lean that way for them.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I think, like you said, there could be a really good receiver or two really good receivers there. And the Broncos, they obviously don't need a receiver at all. So if some team that's receiver needy wants to come up and get him, the Broncos would potentially be able to move back there. And, w- like, when you look at George Payton, he was the assistant GM with the Vikings for a while and, like, a executive even before that. He was, like, with them for 14 years. And when he was with the Vikings, they did a lot of trades. And they had a philosophy, like, George Payton has talked about this. They had a philosophy that they wanted to acquire as many picks as they could, like in trades and stuff, because then you, the more darts you throw at the draft board, the higher the chances are that you're going to land some good players. So I think Mm -hmm. that's something that he's going to want to do this year. And obviously if you move up, you're taking away dart options. You're decreasing your number of picks. If they move down, they're just going to add more picks. And he had even mentioned that they usually like to have at least 10 picks. And right now the Broncos have nine picks. So right there off the bat, you're like, okay, we should expect at least one trade probably because he likes to have at least 10, they have nine. And I don't think it'll only be one trade. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they make multiple trades. So I'm with you that right now trading down seems to be like a trendy thing that we could see happen.
1: Round two. You went and got a guy that a lot of people think this player is going to go earlier than 40, I think, but I could easily see him slipping down the board. Um, it's the Clemson running back. I've seen it pronounced Travis Aachen. I've seen it. I've heard it pronounced Travis Etienne. Um, so I
2: believe it's Etn. It's
1: Etn. Okay. I um, believe so. Some people are very passionate about, about Travis Achen, but we'll go with Etienne. I
2: could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> we'll go with Etienne.
1: Uh, I don't know how to pronounce any of these guys' names, especially this first player the, the uh, Broncos picked in your mock draft, John. J uh, JOK. And uh, so Travis Etienne of Clemson, the running back, you have him going at number forty, and you did this just so you could argue with uh, Broncos Twitter, right, on you know him being available at number forty, correct? That's that was the whole that was the method to your madness.
2: Well, yeah, I I definitely think there are gonna be people that say there's no way Etienne's falling to the second round because I think most people assume there's gonna be at least two running backs. Picked in the bottom of the first round and I, I think in part because like he played for Clemson and he played for a really good program everybody assumes that he's at least the number two running back in the class but I'm not so sure that NFL teams do it that way like I think I think there will be two running backs drafted toward the bottom of the first round but I think it could be Alabama's Harris and North Carolina's Williams I, I think a lot of fans kind of underrate the two North Carolina running backs I wouldn't be surprised if At least one of them goes before ETN. And if that happens, I think ETN could slip into the second and maybe even slip all the way to 40. And I I just really like him. And I know some people don't love drafting a running back early, but like there's a very good chance that next year Melvin Gordon is not going to be here. Already this year, Philip Lindsay isn't going to be here. So they need to start prioritizing running back at some point. And if they want to get one of the top three guys, maybe one of the top four guys, I think they got to do that in the first two rounds, either late in the first or early in the second. So I I have them going running back early in the second. It doesn't guarantee that they will. Like they may settle for like the fifth running back or the sixth running back a little later on. And like if they did something like that, I think like Tulsa Zaven Collins, he's another good cover linebacker. I think he would make a lot of sense in the second round at 40. But in my mock, I have ETN just – Cause I really like him as a running back after I just talked about fans overrating him. Like (laughs) I really like him too. Like he's an exciting player. So I would be really happy with him getting one of the top running backs in the second round.
1: Waiting until round five for uh, a tackle, John, I thought was interesting because I think that there's gonna be a lot of teams drafting tackles in this draft. And I think a lot of the top guys are going to be gone early in this thing. Right? So if you wait, you know, do you think there'll still be some some decent talent? Like this guy, Dan Moore from Texas A&M. You like him. You think he could be around in round five. You think that's a position the Broncos could target late?
2: I'm not going to be shocked if they stay, like, in the first round and pick, like, Slater or pick, like, one of the top offensive tackles. That wouldn't surprise me. But if they don't land, like, one of the top two, three guys, I don't think they necessarily have to make it a super high priority because Jawan James, he's been at the uh, facility this offseason. He's been working out. George Payton. He said that he looks good and the expectation is he's starting this year. So uh, I've no reason to believe that Peyton is lying. So to me right now, James is in line to start at right tackle. So it's not like they have to have an instant impact starter. They can get a guy that's like a little raw, needs a little development. And this year he can work behind James and then maybe be in line to take over next year. So I wouldn't be shocked if they go for one of the top guys early, but if they don't, I don't think they have to, like, say, okay, third round, second round. We got to get the third or fourth best guy if they don't come out of, like, like number nine tackle could be in play. But if it's not, I don't think it's something that they have to be running after right away.
1: No, George Payton would never lie to us. Not like that, Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Shanahan will lie to us, but not George Payton. So uh, so that's that's some fun stuff. Check out the Broncos mock draft up on the Broncos wire. John did a good job with that. Just one more, one more little thing, John, where we try to guess what's going to happen. Um, And we'll do that again coming up next. We're going to talk about, I'm going to get John to give me his final, final prediction on what's actually going to happen for the Broncos, uh, along with some other topics. We'll get into that coming up next. All right, John, I know you had some thoughts on this and I wanted to get it for the show. Uh, TJ Ward is retired. uh, And what that means is that more than half of the Broncos' 2015 starting defense out of the NFL
2: Yeah, Ward, like, you look at his career, he had a very nice, accomplished career. He had, like, four years with the Browns, went to the Pro Bowl with them. Then he signed with uh, the Broncos in that really big free agency class that they had. And he just had a real nice couple-year run with the Broncos. He went to the Pro Bowl again. He obviously helped them get back to the Super Bowl, and they won the Super Bowl. And in that Super Bowl, he just had, like, an amazing game. He had an interception. I think he had a sack. He had a fumble recovery that – if he hadn't tripped up, he could have ran it back for a touchdown. So, like, he had a very good Super Bowl. Could have been even better if he had kept his footing. But he—he he was just a very key part of the no fly zone defense. And just uh, he, like he's added to the list of many really good safeties that have played for the Broncos. So, kudos to him. Congratulations on a real nice career by him. And like you said, now that he's gone, more than half of the 2015 defense is now out of the nfl uh, there's a uh, couple guys like malik jackson Derek wolf danny trevathan von miller and chris harris those guys are still active and miller is obviously still with the broncos but then when you look at the list of the rest of the starters you got linebacker brandon marshall he's an unsigned free agent he's trying to get back in the nfl but he's not right now you got outside linebacker demarcus ware he retired then defensive lineman uh, Sylvester Williams, he actually um, he came back to the Broncos last year when they were hurting for depth on the D-line. He came back as a rotational guy, and he played fine, but now he's a free agent again. Nobody has signed him so far. And then cornerback Akib Tlaib, he retired. Ward safety, he obviously retired. And then the other safety, Darian Stewart, he retired uh, late last year. So six of the 11 starters on defense in that Super Bowl, it just shows like how far removed we are from when the Broncos <laughs> yes. were a good competitive team and like hopefully that changes soon hopefully they get back on track get back to competing for super bowls and it also just shows like how uh short of windows these NFL guys can have because i would say in super bowl 50 like most if not all of their starting defenders all those guys were like in the prime of their career or very close to like the peak of their careers And now we're just five years later and half of them are the NFL. So it it really is true when people say the NFL is not for long. Like, and and so like, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but like when you see guys negotiate for a contract or like hold out for a restructure or something like you can understand why they're doing something like that, because they've only got a certain amount of window and their body's going to break down and their time in football is going to be up. So them maximizing their contract trying to earn as much as they can i completely get that kind of stuff so great career by tj ward super bowl 50 it's looking farther and farther away
1: yeah and uh ward he might he, i thought he had a chance for mvp but it was von miller right that got mvp that super bowl but he had a, yep, he yep. had that good a game where it was like if he, we would have been talking about it yeah if he stays on his feet right exactly yeah, yeah. exactly if he stays on his feet maybe he's a super bowl mvp uh, but TJ Ward retiring good stuff right there from you John and uh so another tangent you you could go on is um the jersey numbers that's all the rage here any changes coming for Denver and do you do you buy in Are you kind of like with all the old grandpas like me that think this is stupid? Like, you know, I mean, you know my guy Tom Brady's mad about it because there's a reason that we have jersey numbers because we, we need to be able to tell as a quarterback who actually cares about winning Super Bowls, John. We want to know which ones are the linebackers, which ones are the safeties quickly. And that's going to be hard to do when guys are just changing their number every season.
2: Yeah, just in case some fans, I assume everybody knows, but just a quick recap in case anybody missed it. The NFL this year, they're going to let like running backs, wide receivers, defensive backs, linebackers—they can wear single-digit numbers now, like players do in college. It doesn't really bother me that much. I don't feel strongly about it one way or the other. Uh, from a Broncos perspective, uh, Jerry Judy—he kind of he tweeted like number four with a thinking face emoji when the rule was being talked about, and then when the rule was approved, he posted a Photoshop picture of himself and a number four Broncos jersey on his Instagram. But I don't know if he's actually going to do it this year because if players want to change their number this year, they have to buy out the inventory of all their existing jerseys with their current number. Which is out of so for,
1: It's so stupid.
2: Yeah, like for somebody like Jerry Judy, because he was a first-round pick and he's like a popular jersey, I wouldn't be surprised if that's like a million or like $2 million. Like yeah. that's... That's what it was for Dalvin cook, the Vikings running back and cook. He's probably more popular. There's probably more jerseys on the market for him than Judy, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a million or more. So to me, that's a lot of money. I kind of doubt he would change it this year, but he could tell the NFL this year that he wants to change next year. And if he gives them a heads up this year and changes in 2022, he doesn't have to buy the inventory. So to me, if you're a player like Judy and you want to change, it makes sense to say, okay, I'll change in 2022 and not have to pay for it. So I kind of have a feeling if he does change, it won't happen this year, but it could be something that happens down the road. And then for Judy, he doesn't only have to go through paying uh, the Jersey suppliers like Brett Ripon, the Broncos backup quarterback. I assume he's going to stick around and at least be like the third string quarterback this year, at least like through the summer. He currently has a number four. So, Judy, he'd have to go through the NFL, pay a ton of money, and then he'd still have to go to Rippon and be like, hey, I want number four. And Rippon, he wore it in college, so I assume he's a little attached to it. So, I bet he would make Judy pay something as well. So, it would be a pretty costly transaction for Judy. So, I kind of doubt we'll see it this year, but maybe down the road.
1: All right, John. We've crunched all the projections and the mock drafts, and we've done this song and dance for like, the better part of two months waiting for this freaking week to get here. And now you have the stage, right? So you can now tell us what the Broncos are actually going to do. The John Heath prediction. You give me yours and then I'll give you mine. You can react to mine after.
2: Okay. I, in my prediction, they stay at number nine because they deem it not worth all the capital to go up for a quarterback. Me too. And, and other teams may jump them for the quarterbacks anyway, so it may not really come into play. And then they stay at number nine. There's decent guys like Micah Parsons, Patrick Sertan. They're available at number nine, but they pass on them. They instead decide to trade down and kind of copping out here. But just like my mock draft, I have them trading down for a linebacker in the first round.
1: Is it J O K or is it Micah Parsons? Or you're not oh, going to give us? You're not going to give us a name. You're it, saying they're trading. No, down.
2: no, no. It's. The position for sure, I think they're going linebacker. My preference is JOK. I don't know how they feel about Micah Parsons. If, like, they look at the off-field stuff and they're like, uh, we think he's mature to move on from that, I think he would be a fit for them. But I I, I just don't know how they feel about him. So I, I personally am kind of not predicting they pick him because of, like, his character concerns. I don't know if they'll write him off. But even, even if they're fine with him and say we think he's moved on from all that, I just like JOK okay. better because I think he's a better cover guy. And I think he could be better value because I think you could get him later than you could get Parsons.
1: I like it. Yeah, I think if they end up with Parsons and they trade back and get him, I'm all for it. If they draft him at number nine, I'm not going to be happy when we talk next week, John, <laughs> if that's what happens. But we'll see. It's going to be really fun to see what happens. So I'm also going to I'm gonna pretend that they stay pat at number nine and make a pick because just that's just more fun. And I want to say that it's Justin Fields so bad, but I just can't believe that a kid that good is going to slip past number eight, especially to the car, uh, Panthers, some of these, the Lions, some of these teams that could be a wild card and take a quarterback that maybe we're not expecting. I just yep. cannot envision a scenario where Justin Fields gets there. Maybe Mac Jones, but I cannot envision Justin Fields <laughs> slipping. no. Out. So in my pretend universe, Justin Fields is not there, but I'm hoping he does. And if he gets there at number nine, you better take him, Denver. Um, But in this uh, hypothetical, he's gone, and you mentioned the name. I think the Broncos break the Cowboys' hearts and pick Patrick Sertan. He's just a freaking stud. Yeah, I I I could see it. And I just feel like, yeah, linebacker's a need, and they'll listen to the trade offers for Mac Jones, and maybe you know, if somebody wants to move into that spot and draft Jones and someone's willing to give up a lot, I could definitely see the Broncos moving back and then targeting a linebacker or something. But if they make the pick and Patrick Sertan's there, I think they break Dallas's heart and take the guy because he's a stud, and that's that's what I think. That's my prediction.
2: I, I wouldn't be upset with that because Kyle Fuller and uh, Bryce Callahan—they're both set to be thirty-year-old free agents next year. So you got to think about the future a little yep, bit, yep. and even beyond thinking about the future, just this year, like Sertan seems like he has the potential to be the best corner in the class, and he's a nice, big, tall guy. Like he just seems like a prototypical number one lockdown corner and if you can get a number one lockdown corner and not have to like trade up or anything for him just sit there and let him fall to you I'm perfectly fine with that value so I wouldn't be upset about that I, I kind of doubt that they do it but it wouldn't upset me
1: no I, I predicted it so they're not going to do it John uh, that's you know <laughs>
2: well, the- <laughs> after all our predictions watch Mac Jones fall to them and then pick him uh, well, and just blow everything up
1: well that would be a fun show next week yeah, so, uh,
2: I'd be you know up what? so much grumbling.
1: <laughs> That's good. We got to get you fired up. So now I'm hoping for Mac Jones. I want a fired up John oh, no. Heat next week. But you know what? No, no, no. You know, we've been doing this thing for a while. We've been making predictions and trying to figure out what they're going to do. The fact of the matter is we don't know. Nobody freaking knows what's going to happen. It's going to be um, probably one of the more entertaining drafts in in my lifetime, John. For some reason, there's more hype around this one. Uh, maybe it's because we're all stir crazy. Uh, we had. No I reports. think there's so much yeah.
2: QB uncertainty. Yeah. There's so many teams in the top 10 that could get a QB and so many teams that could trade up. I think that's what's fueling it. Like how often do, in a draft class do we talk about five QBs going in the first 10 picks? Never. Like no. that seems like that's very possible to happen. And I think that's why it's such a crazy pre-draft process because – the NFL is a quarterback league, and in this pre-draft buzz, it's quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Like the 49ers started it when they picked up to number three, and everybody started speculating who it's for.
1: Yeah, and and one of these quarterbacks will probably be Josh Rosen. And hopefully the Broncos don't take that quarterback at number nine yeah <laughs>
2: so then M- maybe even more maybe even a handful of them will be Josh Rose exactly, so.
1: exactly. next week we get to talk about what actually happened and analyze and react and I'm really looking forward to that. I know you are too, John so uh, that's our final pre-draft episode. Thank God. we'll talk to y'all next week after the real thing. Enjoy the draft everyone.